Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 299 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet, getting even closer to that wondrous 300-episode milestone. But this one's only two ninety nine, and this is our short format topic, you know, thing that we do every week or every other week or whatever it is. I don't know. Something that we mostly forget about until Monday rolls around, and then it's like, oh, my God, we got to do an episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but luckily, Bill has been on the ball and has been taking care of this. Apparently, he had nothing to do whatsoever today on this wonderful Labor Day here in the United States. Um, so he put an episode together for us. So we do have some stories we're going to talk about. We do have a lead topic for tonight. We have some amateur radio stuff we'll discuss. We have some open source topics, and then we'll blend them together in the Linux and the Hamshack segment. And then we'll roll on out of here. And then we'll, at some point, get around to recording episode 300. And that one should be fun. So you want to tune into that one uh but bill wants to talk about aries and dorian and hurricanes and things and bahamas being destroyed and all that you know not so fun stuff so bill should we say who's here first oh yeah no i don't want to do that <laughs> good i get to leave yay <laughs> no, you don't get to... Dang it. all right bill who's here who's here well i'm here <laughs> you're here <laughs> hey, let's do this in a weird order cheryl goes first then you and then me okay Good. hi i'm cheryl w5moo and i'm bill any 4rd and i'm russ k5tux so bill i guess talk, we, tell I us guess about too many ands in there yeah, yeah that, that was just that's weird. okay oh yes we have a title for the show so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and bill's kind of like bill, yeah your audio is like total crap right now it's not it's not uh, um dropping out or anything it's just crappy <laughs> yeah it's like staticky or something so really yeah maybe maybe it was just all of the maybe it was mumble not able to handle us just riffing there uh-huh. it's possible it's possible um but we'll go and try uh anyway so uh yeah aries is on alert for hurricane dorian's possible arrival uh, all Aries, a- ACS, and CERT groups should continue to stay in communication with their respective leadership for their groups in case that the group is requested to activate. The AWRL West Central Florida Section Manager, that's a big title, Daryl Davis, KT4WX, said, any equipment checks, supply replenishment, or home mitigation activities should already have been completed or should already ha- be at completion. <laughs> I think those As both we have, mean the same thing. So. Yes, I, th- I think so. <laughs> it's a quote, though, so i got to be close to what he said. That's true. You should try and get close or something. should yeah. probably zoom in a little bit for my, my good eyes here. Uh, any equipment check, supply replenishment, or home mitigation activities should already be at completion. As we have seen, the risks to uh, the AWRL West Central Florida section may be reduced at the moment, but it is by no means the past and uh, can change at any time. 
And uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, we also have the Hurricane WatchNet uh, has been in continuous operations since Saturday and will remain so until further notice. That was from the uh, Hurricane WatchNet manager, uh, uh, Bobby Graves, HB5HAV. He said that this morning he had hoped that to hear stations on uh, Abacos Island uh, and perhaps some stations on Bahamas Island, but unfortunately, Mother Nature had other plans. And I'm probably sure he's referring to the fact that the storm has not moved. It is still sitting over the Bahamas as we record this and has been so all day long. Yeah, they did say it was going to stall out, but they kind of thought it was going to move slowly up the, the eastern Florida coast. But apparently it just kind of said nope i feel like destroying the bahamas today so yeah it's been parked right there so uh yeah grave said that the g2 uh geo oh, okay so the g2 geomagnetic mm, geomagnetic storm over the weekend has hampered the ability to communicate on both 20 and 40 meters uh thankfully our net members are scattered across 20 in the u.s states and nine countries including some islands in the caribbean he noted uh we've been able to switch between stations and have the best prop and have the best propagation to work uh, the affected area uh, also, the VOIP hurricane net on Echolink WX that underscore talk conference had activated over the weekend in conjunction with the uh, WX4 NHC at the National Hurricane Center to keep on top of the ground truth weather information. And remember, if you do join into that uh, Echolink talk, talk group, that you'll want to stay in listen mode and uh, just don't interfere with the traffic that's on there. Because I know that came out uh, in one of the previous uh, hurricanes there. So that uh, that just came from the ARRL. And uh, yeah, the storm looks like it's uh, it's uh, it's parked and will probably eventually start wobbling up to the north here and affecting the coastal areas of uh, the southeast. I know they've put out watches for Georgia and South Carolina, so they do expect it to, to head up the coast eventually. So I kind of gather from friends that live in the Orlando area that they were expecting it to hammer Florida pretty bad. And now they're saying that it might skirt along the edges of it, not really affect Orlando, more hit uh, just the coastline. Yeah, the edges. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I heard someone uh, mention it. uh, It's almost a repeat of Matthew. That was that uh, other storm that kind of skirted up the coast like that. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, um, there's lots of assistance headed down to Florida and already there in Florida. We know about that. And of course, amateur radio community and Aries will be uh, following the track of Dorian closely and making sure that people are safe. Uh, we saw something earlier that said that five people have already died from Dorian, uh, presumably in the Bahamas. So yes, super dangerous storm. I know they had winds uh, clocked at 185 miles an hour at some, at one point. So yeah, it's a serious storm. And when it stalls out over a place, you know, it's just going to continue to hammer. So uh, our thoughts with everybody who's being affected by Dorian, and uh, hopefully it will just uh, turn and go offshore and the people of Florida won't have to deal with yet another hurricane. Or the Carolinas or anything Or any of the other places, yeah. All right, so moving on, uh, we can let Cheryl read the next one about the future of uh, two meters in the Bordeaux region. (laughs) Sorry, I was working on another ether bed. So, uh, um, multitasking very actually, nice. Actually, no, I can't. You you got to do this. Okay, I've got to do what? Oh, be, oh, because you have to do a thing, right? Okay, yeah. so I'll do this one. <laughs> uh, in that case, uh, 144 through 146 megahertz has been saved in France. Uh, the CEPT, ECC, CPG, all three of those CEPT, ECC, and CPG 
met in Ankara during August 26th through the 30th to finalize their position ahead of the ITU World Radio Communications Conference 2019, otherwise known as WRC19, to be held in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt. Egypt. Wow. Sheikh Egypt. <laughs> October 28th through November 22nd. This conference will define the agenda items for WRC 23. Wow, they're getting ahead of themselves. RSGB volunteers, along with other radio amateurs in IARU Region 1 countries, put in a considerable amount of work to defend the amateur radio allocations. Their hard work ensured the removal of 144 to 146 megahertz from a study of additional spectrum for aeronautical applications and an agreement on a European common proposal for 50 through 52 megahertz. IARU Region 1 have released this report on the meeting. Agreement to a European common proposal on allocating 50 to 52 megahertz to the amateur service in Region 1 on a secondary basis, with a footnote listing those countries where the amateur service will have a primary allocation in the band, 50 through 50.5 megahertz, agenda item 1.1, and removal of 144 to 156 megahertz, 146 megahertz, from a French proposal for a study of additional spectrum for aeronautical applications, item 10. Other agreements were listed on 1.2 gigahertz, 5 gigahertz, and 47 gigahertz. And if you need to, you can check out more details on that story from the Southgate ARC. And a link, of course, will be in the show notes. So good deal on preserving frequencies and spectrum. We always need to do that in the amateur radio community. And it's uh, one of the things that the AWRL strives to do as well, you know, keep us able to use the airwaves so moving on we're going to talk a little bit about icom or at least bill's going to talk about icom yeah we got icom is uh, making a return into the portable uh, qrp hf market at the uh, tokyo ham fair icom revealed the ic705 uh, the qrp blog did a nice job of covering the, the reveal and detailing out the features of this new rig uh, the coverage is impressive. This is being a DC to daylight class radio continuous receive from 30 kilohertz up to two meters and 70 centimeters, all modes across all those bands, single sideband CW and also D star. And the European version will also include the support for a four meter band. Uh, custom carry bag is also available. The LC192 multi bag that allows us to, allows us outdoor buffs to operate a radio without taking, uh, sorry, operate the radio without taking it out. Uh, it looks about the size of a KX3, except for like, let's see if a KX3 ate another KX3 and they were sitting on top of each other. So it's a little bit thicker radio. And, uh, as a, uh, as a, you know, IC703 owner of multiple IC703s, it was kind of cool to see it and kind of neat to see them coming back into the market with a, uh, a QRP rig. And uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see if this is uh, too little too late or, uh, or this is uh, going to take off. Um, I know I wouldn't be buying one only cause I have two IC703s. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was a really good write-up by uh, the QRP blog and uh, a lot of activity in uh, Reddit and a bunch of other places for this uh, for this rig, as as most QRP things do sort of create a little bit of excitement and jitter around the uh, the ethers of all the interested parties and that kind of stuff, especially with Soda and, and Poda and all these other ODAs going on. Um, yeah, it's always neat. It's always neat to see another uh, another uh, QRP rig come out to uh, come out to the market. Yeah, that's really cool. I have, don't do a lot of QRP operation. I mean, most of my HF work is 100 watts, but I have uh, brought it down to five, which is as low as my rig can go, which is probably like two when you consider 
tuner and line loss and everything else. So, uh, but yeah, QRP is really cool. And it's nice to see that there's a new foray by a major player in the QRP world. Um, because there have been others, you know, Yezu and, and uh, Elacraft for sure. Love, love the uh, QRP world. All right. So that's all we've got in the amateur radio. Well, specifically amateur radio world tonight, but we're going to move on to some open source topics. And the first one involves the Goog. And Cheryl's going to read it or tell us about the Goog. The Goog. <laughs> the Goog. So, okay. So our next story is Google Open Sources Live Transcribe. Earlier this year, Google launched Live Transcribe, an Android application that provides real-time automated captions for people who are deaf or hard of hearing. Though many months of, excuse me, through many months of user testing, we've learned that robustly delivering good captions for long-form conversations isn't so easy, and we want to make it easier for developers to build upon what we've learned. Live Transcribe speech recognition is provided by Google's state-of-the-art cloud speech API, which under most conditions delivers pretty impressive transcript accuracy. However, relying on the cloud introduces several complications, most notably robustness to overchanging network connections, data costs, and latency. Today, we're sharing our transcription engine with the world so developers everywhere can build applications with robust transcription. And the source from that is Google Blog, and some GitHub is involved in that. As well, well, that's where they post the source that's code. That's the project. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, project is <laughs> at GitHub. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Uh, speech recognition and speech transcription has been sort of one of those elusive projects in the computing world, not just the open source world, to get something that really, really properly understands human speech. It's very complex, and I know when we've talked to, uh, like Dave about. F, uh, free DV and stuff like that. Anything to do with speech and converting it to digital is uh, quite a task and it requires a bigger brain than mine. So I love that they're working on this project and I love that they've put it into the open source, which means they're going to get a lot more uptake and they're going to get a lot more contribution. And so hopefully this technology will go forward quickly. So with that said, we're going to go back to France. A lot of talk about France. Wee tonight. wee. Wee. <laughs> yeah, no wee wee in the booty. Okay. <laughs> so Bill, tell us about France again. Sure, yeah. Well uh this is a this is a story on a, a weird website. <laughs> I'm trying to reload it now. Uh but anyway, it's uh France's public services increasingly contribute to open source. Uh the developers that work on government projects that are hosted on GitHub. Um so yeah, okay. So I, I this is really bad translation, obviously. <laughs> the developers that work uh, for the government of France, uh, they host their projects on GitHub. However, they also commit patches to well-known open source projects like OpenDNS Security, which, of course, is the uh, you know secure internet domain name service, uh, the Hive Project, a system that uh, helps manage cybersecurity incidents, and several other components developed by uh, Mozilla. Uh, and and uh, this was all done by a data mining study of uh, their activity and such. And according to the analysis that was done on this, the number of software developers working for France's public services who contribute code to open source projects hosted on GitHub uh, code repository has increased from a handful in uh, 2015 to about 60 at the end of the last year. And uh, I believe 60, if I remember correctly in the article, which did not come up, 
uh, is a probably about, uh, I think they have about 200 some odd developers on their team. So it's a good portion of their team. Uh, they just didn't have uh, email addresses for everybody else. Uh, that would have the, uh, gouv.fr email address domain. And, uh, but they're going to keep on, uh, trying to look at that. But it's uh, interesting to see that, uh, these government entities that are getting involved in open source also allow their employees to commit back to, uh, open source projects. Yeah, that's cool. It's definitely a different paradigm because usually when you do something for a company, they own it or they take it. <laughs> instead, of, instead of you allowing you to uh, do something for them and then contribute it back to a different project it's kind of a nice idea nice paradigm shift so and finally we have a flash topic about the release of wine 4.15 included in this development release are an initial implementation of the http service stack unwinding support on arm 64 so bill tell us all about stack unwinding on the arm chip i have no idea how that works exactly <laughs> Uh, nor do I. Cool, <laughs> uh, better multi-monitor support on Mac OS, uh, rich edit control optimizations, various bug fixes, 28 of them listed in this particular release, and users of games like Titanfall 2, Dragon Age Origins, and World of Warcraft Legion, and applications like QuickBooks 2018 and Swansoft CNC that have been having issues with using these products under Wine may want to consider upgrading because they've had fixes to address specifically these applications and if you want to learn more about that there would be a link to the initial story over at wine hq so wine. whiny 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 such a whiny site it is such a whiny site it's full of wine absolutely <laughs> like all of us well maybe bill bill are you full of wine no no full of beer i guess full of beer okay yeah yeah well, nothing exciting <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's okay because we're going to move on to some linux in the ham shack topics and bill is going to tell us all about this new rpi4 desktop project yeah so i was uh i was able to get the unboxing done today because i have absolutely nothing to do because <laughs> you know it's labor day and we're off so so instead of working like I normally would, I decided to play around with this little toy, and then I realized what shape my my ham radio shack desk is in, because so, <laughs> I uh, had nowhere to put it. So I had to like throw everything on the floor, and uh, so I put it all together, and I got a, the dual monitor set up, uh, booted it up, got the uh, the um, the image that came with it uh, upgraded. You know, did the uh, I bought the, the the whole desktop kit, so it came with a I think a 32 gig uh, SSD card with it. I, I didn't even check, so <laughs> all I know is that it already had the uh, you know the the Raspbian installed on it. It just went went ahead and and uh, did the extracting uh, step when I uh, plugged it all in and turned it on. And I did have to reboot it manually the second time because it it didn't really restart. I don't know what uh, kind of hung up that first time. But afterwards, I was able to get on there and uh, run an apt update, apt upgrade, and uh, install the Ham Radio Pure Blend packages, download some other stuff. And it was running really nice. I did notice the thermal issues are, are quite apparent. And uh, like with most Raspberry Pis, they do, uh, they do tend to thermal out really quickly. And uh, it just seems to be a little bit more prevalent on this particular one than my uh, my Raspberry Pi, what was it, what a 3B plus or whatever whatever the last one that came out was. And I didn't buy any extra, you know, uh, heat sinks or anything else for this one. So I'm going to be ordering that uh, for sure. And if you happen to get one, you'll definitely want to do that as well, <laughs> especially if you start running, uh, you know, more than one application 
uh, that that is going to be somewhat processor intensive. It might uh, it might kick up the uh, the old uh, little. I'm going thermal. I'm going thermal. I'm out of here. So uh, <laughs> so yeah. So I was able to get everything installed. I didn't uh, I didn't import my log yet. And I was kind of just doing it as a dry run for uh, you know possible video and stuff like that. And then I ran across this uh, this grid tracker software. Have you seen this one before? I have not seen this. Yeah, it's not it's not uh, open source as far as I can tell. It looks like it's a proprietary license of the author, um, and it looks to be electronish. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So it's basically like a little map uh, mapping utility that uh, sits as a shim in between your logger and uh, you know WSJTX, um, much like uh, JT Alert and uh, X Alert and whatever all those other alert applications. Alarme JT. Hey, alarm JT. Alarm JT. Should have been right because it's French. That's right. And uh, <laughs> should have been it in here, darn it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I haven't I haven't installed that. I gotta go track that down too. But uh, yeah. So so I I started uh, downloading this and taking a look at it, and um, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and install it and and, and do a full sort of you know, shake shakedown on it. But my initial thoughts are I, I just don't really like it. The UI is uh is kind of you know. It's uh, <laughs> if your window's not big enough and you opens up a dialogue inside of there, it like swallows the dialogue so you can't see everything. So it doesn't resize based upon the boundaries of the app. There's just several things that just aren't very well implemented. <laughs> um, but you know, it's you know, it could be a young app. I didn't really do a lot of research on it, but I did want to kind of mention that I'm I'm gonna look at it. It has a, you know, since it's electron based, most likely it does come for Windows, um, uh, Macintosh, or, you know, whatever, Apple, I, whatever you call it, Mac OS, and, uh, and Linux. <laughs> Could you remember? But is it, but is it French? Macintosh? That's the question. No, it does not. It's, uh, it does not a French at all. It it's, is not uh, French, then off with its head. Yeah, off with its head. <laughs> That's uh, from uh, tagloomis.com. It's uh, from N0TTL. Looks like I think that's who the uh, author is listed as. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not sure. If, you, if you've used it before, send us a note and uh, just give me some feedback on whether you hate it, like it, love it, whatever. Um, I'll try it out, but I'll probably be biased on it just because I already hate Electron. So yeah. Um, but anyway, the project's going really well. I'm going to probably order a heatsink, like I said. Uh, I'm going to have it be the, the shack computer. So I'm going to try to see if I can get everything going on it and get the shack lit up with a computer and retire the old uh, old Dell Precision uh, laptop that uh, has been failing anyway. So, so yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Uh, as soon as I get it uh, going uh, a little bit further, I'm probably going to do some video series on it and any other hints and tricks that... Uh, any other hints and tricks that you need to uh, to kind of do with it? Uh, see some chatter in the chat room about uh, Raspberry Pi Four. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've heard about the USB power issue. I'm not sure uh, specifically what that's about. I haven't had any uh, issues running the. I had two or three devices plugged in here. Um, but I hadn't got, uh, the far as I got is I plugged in the SU 17 for the Yezu and, uh, saw the three devices pop up. And then of course have the, uh, the remote keyboard and mouse plugged in. I haven't plugged in anything into the USB 3.1 ports or 3. whatever ports. All right. Well, I'm probably going to hold off on the Raspberry Pi 4. I was actually looking to get another Raspberry Pi 3, but they're, those are kind of hard to come by right now. Actually, Raspberry Pis in general are kind of hard to come by, aren't they? 
no, actually, I was able to order this right away. I, I ordered it from Canada, so Canada uh, fourteen some, or whatever, or uh, someplace else. Canada something. Canada. 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 Canada kit. Canada kit. Is that sound right? Canada kit. Yeah, Canada kit. K C A N A K I T. Canada kit. So I ordered it the uh, on the twenty uh, fourth, and it got here the other day. So it's pretty good. Didn't take any time at all. All right. Very cool. So yeah, let us know if you have any uh, you know experience with Grid Tracker. We'd love to hear from you if you have, and uh, see if we can convince Bill that it's actually a decent piece of software, or just tell us it's crap. Either way, it's fine. Um, and I'll go ahead and let you do the next one since I have to uh, catch up on you know figure out what I'm going to say about the last topic. Yes, yeah, sure, no <laughs> so, problem. Yeah, so uh, yeah, this also came in. I know we mentioned uh, another FL Digi uh, an FL Digi update the other week. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the FLDG, uh, posted an alpha, uh, 4.1.08.11, if you're keeping score. Um, although nothing really excited me about this, the newer feature that came with some reminders of rules and regulations was adding the ability to transmit the contents of an audio file. So this was listed as the ability to a- transmit a file. And they have some new macro tags here with the audio and path file name and, and, uh, how, how to actually use it and everything. And the requirements are the audio file must be a wave format and it's, it can either be a mono or stereo of any sample rate. Um, it says, please use responsibly, know and understand your license limitations for transmitting audio files, especially music and or copyrighted material. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure, uh, sure what the, uh, what the concern was initially, but, uh, you know, people are silly sometimes. And uh, don't do stupid stuff with uh, stuff that you can do stupid stuff with. So uh, there you go. <laughs> right. Just because you can do something does not mean you yes. should do something. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a license to do it. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. If only that were the case in certain other aspects of life. Um, so anyway, Bill put in here that he wants me to talk about Pi Star and my Zum Spot and my experimentation with uh digital vhf and digital uhf so i'm not sure I, what i can really say just about an update that. yeah just yeah. an update from what uh, what you gave us the last time which was really really detailed just like anything new that's come up and then you know uh, of course our upcoming uh, episode yeah i will get to that at the end so what i've done most recently is um i i purchased a dmr handy talkie a titera md380 which seems to be one of the more popular ones because i think it is probably the cheapest one that's available. Uh, I've talked with some of our listeners like Jim V5EV and uh, Don KC9ZMY, who also have other digital rigs. And um, so there's there's a wide variety of stuff out there. Um, Jim has a has an MD380. He also has an Alinko. I don't remember which particular version. There's also a Baofeng DMR radio and several others. And uh, I bought Cheryl a new rig for her car, which is a FTM 7250DR, which is a Yezu rig. And so it's System Fusion, not uh, System Fusion and WireZX, um, which I finally figured out what the difference between those two was today. Uh, one, basically, System Fusion is an analog repeater linking system, and WireZX is the digital c4fm part that's carried on the system fusion linking so there uh i haven't actually I, i've 
he figured out how to use wires X because it's really simple, but I have not figured out how to use system fusion yet. The radio, any, any radio apparently that can do wires X can do system fusion as well. However, any radio that does system fusion does not necessarily do wires X. It does wires. Um, so that's that's sort of new information for me. Unfortunately, this particular part of the country that we're in, there's not a lot of wires or wires X support. In fact, there's basically none. Um, there is some DMR. Uh, Springfield, Missouri, and Joplin, Missouri, and Pittsburgh, Kansas all have uh, some DMR repeaters. Uh, but System Fusion doesn't really have a lot of uptake here. However, I have been playing around with PyStar, and PyStar supports all of those things. It supports DMR, System Fusion, NXDN, P25, and even POXAG paging. So you can do all of that kind of stuff. So one thing that's been neat is being able to play around with those new digital VHF and UHF technologies and communicate with people all around the world using both of them. Um, and PyStar also provides cross-mode support. So if you have a DMR radio, you can connect it to the System Fusion network and if you have a system fusion radio, you can connect it to the DMR network, uh, and there's lots of different cross modes available. Now, I had been using the latest stable release of PyStar, which was 3.4.17. Uh, I think that was at 3.4.17. And um, it turns out that some of the functionality, especially in the cross modes, wasn't there in 3.4.17. It's supposed to be is supposed to be included or incorporated in later versions of the 3.4 train. However, they have been working on the four versions and 4.1.0 RC4 is what I installed on my PyStar uh, installation most recently. And it pretty much fixes all of the cross mode operation. So I have been able to take the system fusion radio and talk on DMR and NXDN and p25 and i've been able to take my dmr radio and successfully talk on system fusion one of the uh one of the shortcomings of this cross mode application because of the way the packets are structured and and the mode is implemented is there there's no way currently or as i'm given to understand ever to do cross mode operation with d star um so if you have a d star machine then you're stuck with D-Star. Um, one of the things I've discovered, at least as far as cross-mode operation and digital, is that it seems that if you start with a rig that is capable of system fusion, i.e. a Yezu rig, it is more capable of doing more things cross-mode-wise than the other modes. Um, I'm not sure why that is, and that's not a question we asked, so it's not a question we've had answered. So, I don't know. I know Bill's uh, entertaining the idea of getting one of these digital rigs and is looking at DMR. Um, have you have you decided on something yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> Short answer, no. Okay. No. Okay, so like I said, um, you know, I've tried it from both perspectives, uh, or at least the two perspectives of DMR and System Fusion, and so far I think if I was going to buy another one of these, I would go the Yezu route and, and do System Fusion, just because it seems to be capable of more. Um, I would also like to get into D-Star personally, but I, I don't have a D-Star radio, 
and I'm not even sure what I would get if I wanted to do D star at this point. Um, but Pi star of course is capable of all of these things. And, uh, so, so that's like where I'm at. I installed 4.1.0 release candidate for Pi star on my machine. It's, it's pretty much able to do everything, even though it's a release candidate, it seems to be, uh, pretty fully functional and I haven't had any problems with it. Uh, I'm running it on a, a Pi three, Pi three B plus or whatever. Uh, so, uh, it, it works really well on that. It's, uh, it's a great piece of software. And in episode number 301, we have a great interview about Pi star. Um, we thought it was going to be a deep dive into Pi star, which it was. However, we discovered that Pi star is a really, really big topic. Um, because it delves into all of these digital modes and in everything that encompasses and cross mode operation and the way all this stuff works. So this deep dive that we're going to do is probably going to start with episode number 301 and probably encapsulate several future deep dives, uh, just because of the scope of the topic. So I think that's all I have to say about that. Unless there's something is anybody been following the chat room. Is there something I can address in there? I see. I see mentions of DMR and System Fusion. Let's I see. Been paying attention, so. I'm going to go read real quick. Yeah, I'm being specific. Yeah, there there is talk about DMR and System Fusion and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so uh, just you know, keep keep up with the show. Uh, there are definitely going to be a lot of upcoming episodes dealing with digital VHF and digital UHF because it's a it's a big topic. It's a hot topic. And, um, since I'm getting into it and it sounds like Bill's going to get into it as well, we definitely want to start talking about it. I'm kind of excited about it too. I like the new technologies and I like experimenting with stuff. Oh, and if I ever get my, uh, IRLP box finished, which it's 90% of the way there, then I'll also be discussing or doing a deep dive on IRLP. So, so stuff to look forward to. So I'm, I'm done talking for a bit. I think we should probably just quickly run over to the chat room. And let everyone know who's in there tonight. We actually have a pretty good crowd. We have Scott, um, a call sign that I don't recall seeing before, W8UFO. We have Don, KB2YSI, other Don, KC9ZMY, Dan, KF5TQN, just so he can differentiate himself from the Dons, uh, and Jim, VE5EV. And they have been talking up a storm while we've been talking on the show. So, so obviously, and then we got. Uh... Oh, sorry. I was also going to say we had Jay Rulio in the, uh, in the mumble listening. Oh, we have Jonas, Jonas in the mumble listening. Cool. Yes. (laughs) I was trying to put that in there, but then now etherpad has kicked me out. (laughs) You're just having a bad day. (laughs) Yeah. This is not a day for the internet for me, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So anyway, um, if there's something in the chat room that we need to address before the end of the program, we will definitely do that. But in the meantime, we're going to let Cheryl handle the social media roundup. All righty then. Well, for this time, for our Patreons, we have Erno Kostatlis, I probably butchered that, Randolph Smith, David Jaquay, Doug Redder, Stephen Harp, Andy Webster, Pete Caffrey, Cubicle Nate, Darren King, Donald Gover, John Spriggs, Jonas Rulo, Paul Griffith, Robert Pitts, Samuel Vimes, Steve Metcalf, Steve Saner, and William Heckelman. For subscriptions, we have Jim McKenzie, who's new, Michael Bradak, Fred Cole, Randolph Smith, Kevin Ivey, Bill Collins, Tony Coberly, James Lewis, Jeff Zimmerman, Steve Hepler, Michael Jopling, Todd Bowers, Thor Wiegman, Charlie Brown, Wayne Carpenter, Bill Piotr, Darren King, Dylan Engel, 
Alan Wilson, John Clark, Robert Halliday, Brian Smith, Johnny Kinsey, Ronald Ike, Robert Yerke, Michael Connolly, and Jeremy Hall. On Facebook, Lucas Randall, James T. Wyatt, Gregory Mitchell, and Brandon Arias joined us. On Twitter, we had at Chris McCain, at Barry underscore J, at Future Tech Look, at KC9ON, at Thumper5 underscore 1 underscore 3, at Sarah MG, at Radio underscore VA3LR, at Jen Miwu, at Darcio Prestis, and at 5ChimpFin. On YouTube, we have Sean Barthorpe and Black Dog and BT. Mailing list was Dale Farnsworth, and there were no merchandise sales. All right. Very good. So did anything come up in the chat room we need to address before I run out of, out of here on this particular episode? Let's see. Scott says, Pystar is like an elephant. To understand it, you have to take it one bite at a time. That's, I believe that's a mixed metaphor. <laughs> um. Good info on Yezu doing more. If you take over DMR, you can use DMR Gateway to access all three networks. Yes, you can do that. Um, DMR Gateway will allow you to access the three different DMR networks, DMR Plus, DMR Mark, and uh, Brandmeister. However, those are all DMR. That's that's the uh, important takeaway there. PyStore allows you to connect between dmr and yezu system fusion and i believe dmr and nxdn or p25 one of one of the other two um however if you have a system fusion radio you can use wires wires x dmr nxdn p25 uh the only one you can't do as previously stated is d star there is no cross mode with d star and it's apparently because of the way D Star in particular is implemented. Um, there's no way to there's no way to do cross band or cross mode with D Star. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, and and Polystar is is super powerful. and Allows you to get into, like I said, tune in to episode number three hundred one. You'll uh, you'll hear our first uh, just deep dive into uh, Polystar, and then we've got much more to come on that. Um, so I think that's about it. We probably need to wrap this one up. Uh, so I want to thank everybody who is in the chat room and listening to us tonight and giving us some great feedback in there. And we hope you'll uh, keep listening and tuning into future episodes because we've got a lot of great stuff coming up. And uh, we're almost to 300 episodes. And I don't think there's really any end in sight because there's all this new technology and there's no shortage of things to talk about. So stay tuned. Um, and we hope to see you around soon. This has been episode number 299 of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. For listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, plus or minus QRL. 
connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Shack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.